Hey, we've been talking, for you who don't know, we've been talking about his body. And it was all started in the scripture where it's talking about communion. And they say, Paul says, many, many of you are sick. Many of you are even dying. Because, depending on the translation you read, because you don't discern the body of Christ correctly. Or you don't understand it rightly. And so, I got to think, it's like, wow, that's pretty heavy. It's like, we probably need to look at that. We need to look at, well, what is the body of Christ? What does it look like? And some of the questions that I asked myself were, does that mean Jesus' body like when he was on the earth? Like little baby Jesus, right? Born, lived, died, crucified, right? Dead, buried, rose again. Uh, or is it his spiritual body, his glorified body, you know, the one where he walks through the door, you know, in the disciples' room? <laughs> That's pretty cool, huh? Or is it the body of Christ, us, the body of Christ? Us as individuals, perhaps us as the corporate, collective body. And, you know, you may be an eye, you may be a foot, you may be some other parts, you, you, you know, but you're not the head, right? This we know, Jesus is the head. So he's the control center. He's the one who dictates everything and empowers us. He, isn't that amazing? It's just a beautiful picture. And so we all fit together to make the body of Christ. None of us is the body of Christ except that he lives in us. And so we are. But we just have a little part of the whole. And yet he deals with us individually. Isn't that wonderful? It's It's beautiful. Um, he deals with us corporately as well. So we've looked at some several aspects of the body of Christ. Two of the things that we looked at recently was was this physical body, your physical body, my physical body, and how it's the temple of the Holy Spirit, and how we need to involve the actions of our bodies in godly things. And we need to abstain from things that are not godly, even even in our physical bodies. Our behaviors, our, our, the things we do, places we take ourselves. Um, the other part is that we have a soul. And there's, there's a lot of discussion on spirit, soul. Are we trying? Are we, you know, uh, two parts? I really am not too worried about that. But one thing I want us to understand is that we do have a physical part and a spiritual part. We have a part that's going to die. Now, when you're a teenager, you think, no, I'm going to live forever. You know? You know, and you eat your granola, and you, <laughs> right? And you jog, I'm going to live forever. I'm going to live forever. But as you age, you realize that this is not true. <laughs> we are not immortal. We are mortal. But... There is a part of each of us, our soul, the core of who we are, that does live forever. That's a long time. Now, we get a new body, but that's new. We're not, we're, we're not talking about that today. This one is gone. Ash to ash to dust to dust. That whole concept. This part that lives forever can live forever with the Creator... Or live forever without him. Or so the choice is ours. In Jesus, the little baby Jesus, 
made it possible for us to live forever with Him. Get a new body. So, I want to talk about His body, part four. His body, comma, part four. Not His body, part, comma, four. (laughs) The part that is us. The part of us that is the physical body. The part of us that is our soul. The spiritual part. You can do all kinds of studies, but I want us, please, please, please don't get hung up today on, you know, bipartite, tripartite, whatever, or, you know, whatever. Don't get free. There is an often quoted saying that there are only two things we must do. Die and pay taxes. How many have heard that before? (laughs) Yeah, it's a funny one, but, you know, I hope I haven't lost any of you talking about taxes here. Uh, Just kind of let that one slide by, too. Um, Well, every time I hear that, I'm reminded that we have a temporary house. We have a temporary house. I'm not used to that being there. A tent, the Apostle Paul called it, which is our physical body. These things are amazing. Aren't they? Fearfully and wonderfully made, right? They're amazing, but they don't last forever. A long time ago, they lasted a really long time, like Methuselah, right? Wow. Was it like 400 years? I mean, 900, yeah. I mean, not everybody lived 900, right? 960. Wow. That's a long time to be around. But then that was reduced to 120 years, right? Remember that? And then that was reduced later to three score and ten. And that's 70. And my dad used to say that every year after 70 was gratis, right? Remember? He said, it's complimentary, you know? Serendipitous. It's on the house. There are a few who live to be over a hundred. Wow. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Sooner or later, though, for everyone, These physical bodies just wear out. (laughs) But there is a part of us, the part that's who we really are, that lives forever. I believe that. Now, that's truly a long time. But when you think of a hundred years, you think, golly, that's a long time. But when you think of that in the light of eternity, or even for the age of the earth, which is... Discussed from all the way from millions and millions of years to, you know, to what, 7,000 or so. How, how old is the earth? Right, children? This is a test. 6,000. I was giving an extra thousand. <laughs> 6,000. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. I love it when you speak up. That's really good. Because then I can actually hear. <laughs> Because this part is wearing out <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> so it's insignificant. Our lifespan is insignificant in the light of time. Much less in the light of eternity. But it's important to the Creator. It's important to God. You are important to God. Whether you live two minutes, 20 years... A full 70 or beyond. 
Yeah. Your life is important to Him. Because you are a living soul. And Jesus came and died to save souls. Right? Are you with me? Now, our bodies benefit. And we're going to get into that. Which is really good. God, our Creator, has given us the eternal part of us. The opportunity to spend forever with Him. Now, that's a real deal. It cost Him big time. But He decided it was worth it. He decided you were worth it. He gave us His one and only Son. His Son, whose name is Jesus. The one born in Bethlehem. Lived a perfect life and satisfied God's inherent character trait of truth and justice because the result of sin is death and we have all stepped outside of God's perfect design right we talked about that earlier this uh, past month we deserve the eternal death of our eternal part which is a wild concept eternal death jeez you know like a living death it's a wild concept our spirit and soul soul were destined because of this sinful behavior to be forever separated from the presence of our loving Heavenly Father. Not a good situation. But God, <laughs> rich in mercy and full of grace, put the judgment we deserve on the grown-up baby Jesus. Nailed it to the cross and took care of it once and for all. Amen. The perfect Jesus dying our criminal's death in our stead. We, if we choose to accept it, can now live forever. We can be free from the penalty that is actually ours to otherwise pay. It is indeed a great exchange. My chains are gone. Mm. Now, whatever happens to these temporary bodies of flesh, bones, blood, we have an eternal glorified body coming for the eternal soul, who is us, the real us. And part of discerning his body is understanding how ours is made up. Listen to this from way back there. We're going to go all the way back to Genesis. Okay? And we're going to go through some Psalms. And then we're going to go through some New Testament, some Gospels, some, some letters. Okay? And that, that may not mean a whole lot to some of you, but these are just things in the Bible, in the Christian Bible. They're, they're parts of the Christian Bible, and they're written to different people at different times. And, and, uh, but there's a, there's a thread that goes through the whole story. And it's the blood of Jesus. It's amazing. Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground. Now, what part was he making there? Right. Ash to ashes, dust to dust, right? From the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living and we're going to read it both ways. In this translation, it says living being. Now, in the message, Genesis and, and in other translations, God formed man out of dirt 
from the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life, the man came alive. A living soul. Amen? It's good, isn't it? So there's a differentiation there. Now, it may be talking about like when a baby comes out of, of, the, of the birth canal and it's not breathing yet because it's been getting all of its oxygen from the umbilical cord, right? And, and they go pop. Sometimes they don't even have to go pop. Sometimes it goes, go, ah! Emily was like really loud. Ah! You know, Jonathan was a little quieter, you know, and to this day it remains. But, yeah. <laughs> and so there is a living something that happens when, when a physical body is birthed, right? But there's also the living soul aspect. Because this is eternal breath. And so I, I, I don't really know. You know how that separates up? You know what? I don't even know where souls come from. There are all kinds of theories, y'all. And maybe some of you have read some of those theories. You know, maybe some of you are not interested at all, which is fine. But, you know, some people think that God has all these souls. And he has a certain amount of souls. And as long as people are having babies, he can like send the souls down into the babies. But then like, when he runs out of souls, we've got to quit having babies, right? I don't know. How do we know? But then some people, some people think that like when, when, uh, uh, the, the sperm and the egg come together and that begins cleavage and uh, the, the, the fetus starts to form that, that God introduces the soul at that point. Or some people think that a, a soul is born at that point. Others, you know, it doesn't happen until after the baby is out of the birth canal. <laughs> I don't know. I read about it. I study it. I think about it. You know, I pray about it. But one thing I do know that every human being on planet Earth has a soul. How it got there, I'm not really sure. But what I do know and what is critical to know and discern is that we have one. And when we look at each other, we see each other's bodies first, right? You say, oh boy, that one eats too much. <laughs> or did you see the hardware on that one? You know? Or, <laughs> Right? I mean, but we see those things like, oh, man, they dress nice. I got, that's a Gantt shirt. I haven't seen one of those in 40 years. Actually, they're still in business. <laughs> Why do I go there? Anyway. But we do. And what we miss and what I believe God is trying to get into us is that when we see each other, we look past that. That we understand that there is a living soul right there in front of us who needs Jesus, whom God loves so much. The baby Jesus didn't stay a baby. That he grew up and he gave his life for you and me. So, soul and body. Interesting. Let's take a look at this eternal part, the spiritual part. Our souls. There are many scriptures. That include references to our physical bodies and our souls within the same passage. That was intriguing to me. As we read them, we begin to see the differentiation between the two. And each, each situation gives us a little different picture. But it helps us understand that difference. So here we go. We're going to look at some of these things together. Psalm 33, 18 through 22, New American Standard. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness. I love that. To deliver their soul from death 
and to keep them alive in famine. There you see it. Do you see it? Keep their soul from death, their eternal part, right? And then the famine. Keep them alive in famine. Now, that's about your body. Are you with me? So God, he, but God takes care of both. Isn't that good? But there's, there is both. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your loving kindness, O Lord. He's talking to the Lord now. Be upon us according as we have hoped in you. Here it is in the message. Watch this. God's eye is on those who respect him. The ones who are looking for his love. Isn't that good? Looking for his love. Looking for his kingdom. It's not something you can see, but it's something you can sense. And if we keep our eyes open and are looking, seeking first his kingdom, we'll see it, okay? The ones who are looking for his love. He's ready to come to their rescue in bad times. In lean times, he keeps body and soul together. We're depending on God. He's everything we need. What's more, our hearts brim with joy since we've taken for our own his holy name. So we say, love us, God, with all you've got. That's what we're depending on. Amen. This is spiritual. This is soul. This is heart. And there is where we deal when our bodies, our physical lives are threatened. That's where we do the dealing. This is where the psalmist cries out. Here's a familiar passage from Psalms. The body is being threatened and heckled by enemies. Take note of the part that cries out. Notice also to whom cries are made and how needed ministry is received. Psalm 42, King James Version. You'll recognize this. As the heart panteth after the water brooketh. No, I'm just kidding. So panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? See, the cries come from deep, deep places in the eternal soul. Housed in a body of flesh. Listen to this and the rest of the passage in the message paraphrase. Psalm 42. A white-tailed deer drinks from the creek. I want to drink God, deep draughts of God. I'm thirsty for God alive. I wonder, will I ever make it, arrive and drink in God's presence? I'm on a diet of tears, tears for breakfast, tears for supper. All day long, people knock at my door, pestering. Where is this God of yours? These are the things I go over and over, emptying out the pockets of my life. I was always at the head of the worshiping crowd, you know, right? Right out in front, leading them all, eager to arrive in worship, shouting praises, singing thanksgiving. So this is a believer in essence, right? This is one who's trusting in the Lord and, 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 and actually engages in activities that are God-honoring and, and, and refreshing. I rehearse everything I know of you from Jordan Depths to Hermon Heights, including Mount Mizar. Chaos calls to chaos to the tune of Whitewater Rapids. Your breaking surf, your thundering breakers crash and crush me. Then God promises to love me all day. Sing songs all through the night. My life is God's prayer. Sometimes I ask God, my rock solid God, why did you let me down? Why am I walking around in tears, harassed, 
by my enemies. They're out for the kill. You just see it go back and forth from the depths of our soul to the actual physical situation that we face. These tormentors, with their obscenities, taunting day after day. Where is this God of yours? Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Talking to your own soul. Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon, I'll be praising again. Ha <laughs> ha. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. He's my God. That is soul prayer. That is spiritual interaction. Amen? Our physical bodies speak words. But they're initiated in our heart. Out of the abundance of the, out of the, abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? So let's, let's think about not getting it backwards here. How about Psalms 56? This is today's English version. Be merciful to me, O God, because I am under attack. My m- enemies persecute me all the time. All day long, my opponents attack me. There are so many who fight against me. You can see the physical aspect of this. When I am afraid, O Lord Almighty, I put my trust in you. I trust in God and I am not afraid. I praise him for what he has promised. What can a mere human being do to me? My enemies make trouble for me all day long. They are always thinking up some way to hurt me. They gather in hiding places and watch everything I do, hoping to kill me. That's physical. That's this right here. Punish them, O God, for their evil. Defeat those people in your anger. You know how troubled I am. And that's in the soul. You have kept a record of my tears. You know. Aren't they listed in your book? The day I call to you, my enemies will be turned back. I know this. God is on my side. The Lord, whose promises I praise. In him I trust. And I will not be afraid. What can a mere human being do to me? It's amazing that he says that twice, isn't it? Oh God, I will offer you what I have promised. I will give you my offering of thanksgiving. Because you have rescued me from death and kept me from Defeat, And so I walk in the presence of God, in the light that shines on the living. Wow. Powerful. Now let's jump into the New Testament. This is the Gospel of Matthew. And this is in today's English version as well. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot... Kill the soul. Rather be afraid of God who can destroy both body and soul in hell. But watch this. This is the God we serve. For only a penny you can buy two sparrows. Yet not one sparrow falls to the ground without your father's consent. As for you, even the hairs of your head have all been counted. Some of us make that easier on God. Even... The hairs of your head have been counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth much more than many sparrows. (laughs) And do you think he's talking about this? 
No, he's talking about your soul. He's talking about the eternal part. He's talking about the part. That, he's part. He's talking about the part that is who you really are. He's talking about the part that is your personality, that is your decision-making place. Is he concerned about our physical bodies? Yes, and, and we'll see that more and more. Now I added a couple of scriptures. Everybody okay? Take a deep breath. So where's our focus? If the crying out is all about the soul, but a lot of the issues are coming against our body, where do we need to be sowing? Where do we need to be investing? You know, a lot of people belong to uh, like a, a fitness center. Who, who belongs to like a fitness center or has some weights at home or a treadmill or something like that? You know, I'm going to live forever. And, right? And we work hard, you know, at making this look good. You know, we put makeup on. I don't put makeup on. But, you know, I do have eyelashes. But it's amazing how much time and effort and money we put into our clothing, our health, our look. You know, our look. We got the look. Right? And the soul does not gain anything from the body. But... The body gains a lot from the soul and the decisions that we make. So it would behoove us, and it was, it's good discernment, that we sow into our soul. That we keep that relationship with the Lord going well. Does He want us to take care of our bodies? Yes, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? All of that is very important. But it's not as important. And so let's not get it backwards and fix our bodies, which are going <laughs> to... Yeah, they're just going to perish. They are, no matter what we do. We can prolong it a little bit, but it's appointed that every man wants to die. I mean, it just is. But if we sow to the spirit, if we sow to the soul, well, that's a little bit different concept. Then, then it's a good investment. What is our focus? What is truly lasting? What brings abundant gain? Abundant gain. In First Timothy 6, 6 through 8, this is in the Amplified. And it is indeed a source of immense profit for godliness accompanied with contentment. That contentment, which is a sense of inward sufficiency, is great and abundant gain. Now, this is an interesting context, but, it, but this is what we want to look at. For we brought nothing into the world, and obviously we can take nothing out of the world. You know, even if they could fit the Bentley in my in my uh, in my coffin, I wouldn't be able to drive it. Just saying. But if we have food, watch this. This is the physical part. If we have food and clothing with these, we shall be content, satisfied. Can we do that? We should invest in soul and our bodies will be the beneficiaries, not the other way around. That's understanding correctly. First Timothy 4, 7 through 10. I'm going backwards. This is a New Living Translation. Do not waste time arguing. Oh, I'm not supposed to put that part in there. Godly ideas, no wives tales. That's part of the, actually the, the uh, preceding thought. But spend your time and energy in training yourself for spiritual fitness. Isn't that good? Spend your time and energy in training yourself for spiritual fitness. Physical exercise has some value, right? That's good. I'm glad he said that. 
Physical exercise has some value, but spiritual exercise is much more important. For it promises a reward in both this life and the next. Reward in this life and the next. It's not all about, you know, pie in the sky by and by. It's about right now and there, right? Physical bodies, our souls here, and our souls in eternity. which are already in eternity. Is that not good? This is true. And everyone should accept it. We work hard and suffer much in order that people will believe the truth. That's powerful. For our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of those who believe. You feeling it? You sensing it? You seeing the differentiation and, and how powerful sowing to the soul is. Matthew ten twenty eight. This is in the message. Don't be bluffed into silence by the threats of bullies. This is great context if you want to go back and read. There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Isn't that good? There's nothing. Just sound like an Old Testament, uh, doesn't it? Save your fear for God who holds your entire life. Watch this. Body and soul in his hands. Wow. And because he loves us, he holds us tightly with lots of grace <laughs> and mercy. Blessing. And joy. This love is reflected in John's letter to Gaius. What an encouragement. Third John. One through four in the Amplified. The elderly elder. And I got a kick out of that. <laughs> the elderly elder. Maybe there are some younger elders too. I'd like that. I'd like that a lot. The elderly elder of the church addresses this letter to the beloved, esteemed Gaius, whom I truly love. Not just love, but truly love in the character of truth. God's truth, understanding, complete, whole, truly love. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way. And that your body may keep well. I love that. See, it's not like he's erased our body and, it's, and, and it, has, it has no value. or It has value for us right now. Right? Where we are. And because Gaius is truly loved. And watch, watch, watch some other stuff about Gaius. It's really cool. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. I want to read that again. In every way, in every way, and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. So what comes first? Your soul prospering. Your soul prospering. Because he says, even as your soul prospers. So, that's our concentration. I really like this. I hope you guys... (laughs) Dang, John, you really like that, don't you? Yeah, I really do. I really, really do. (laughs) In fact, I greatly rejoiced when some of the brethren from time to time arrived and spoke so highly of the sincerity and fidelity of your life. The sincerity and fidelity of your life. As indeed you do live in the truth. Wow. Rightly discerning. The body, the truth about the body of Christ. There's 
benefit for our physical bodies and benefit for our soul. Because there's benefit for our soul, there's benefit for our physical bodies. The whole gospel presents, I have no greater joy, and I love this, no greater joy than this, to hear that my spiritual children are living their lives in the truth. And I have to agree with John. Walking in the truth is discerning correctly, seeing accurately. John is able to pray that Gaius enjoy prosperity and health in his physical body because he walks in the truth and his soul, therefore, prospers. It amazes me that even though his temporal body will give out, our God is interested in the health of it. But our eternal souls is the most Important part. So this is my prayer for us. Here it is again. One of my favorite promises regarding our spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 24, and 28. New Living Translation. Now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body... Be kept blameless until the day, until that day when our Lord Jesus comes again. God who calls you. God who calls you. (laughs) By his name, I'll add that, is faithful. He will do this. Amen? Are you encouraged? Will you... Concentrate. Will you? You know, I feel like I'm at a, a marriage ceremony. I'm saying, for the rest of your life, you know, you will love and, and honor and, and cleave to and all this stuff. And it's like, you don't know what your life's going to be like 10 years from now. But you're making this big promise. But I'm going to ask you to seriously consider focusing for the rest of your life on the health of your soul. Your body will take care of itself. Are you with me? It will flow out of... Health in your body will flow out of health in your soul. You'll prosper. and be in health even as your soul does prosper. That's my encouragement. That's my challenge to you. Um, It's my challenge to myself. And may, verse 28, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful that, that you, you got it covered. You made every provision for our eternal souls. And you've made provision for our bodies as well. Lord, may we be keenly aware of the eternal part of us. The core of who we are. Your creation. Your salvation. And to the praise of your glory... We offer you thanks and honor, respect, even fear. And I pray for each one of us that we will truly become more aware of the eternal part of who we are as your body. I pray these things in the name of your dear son, Jesus, the baby in a manger who grew up became the Savior of the world, who commanded us to love one another. Hey, 
and share the love. All right? Amen.